Uh, it, it, it felt... What I saw standing in front of me was a broken individual that was hiding from uh, circumstances that he had no control over. And he had built a, he had built a, uh, a mask that he was putting on in front of the world um, that was hiding the sorrow, the, 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 um, the regret, right? The, all, these, all these feelings of, you know, uh, of, of a death that he had no control over, right? And, and he just built this, manifested this world around him uh, that was just destroying, destroying his life. And I, and I saw that in front of me, right? Uh, and I destroyed it. Hey y'all, my name is Bram McCartney, founder of The 38 Challenge and host of The 38 Challenge podcast. The 38 Challenge is a 501c3 nonprofit organization in memory of my brother, United States Marine Corps Captain Matthew Brewer, who died by suicide in 2021. Every week, I invite some of the most elite special operators, athletes, and business leaders in the world to share their unique mental health battles and how vulnerability helped pull them out of these dark times. Our vision is to create a society where vulnerability is seen as the greatest sign of strength, and you can help us get there by rating and reviewing this podcast. Warning, this podcast often addresses the topic of suicide. If you are thinking of taking your own life, please call the National Suicide Helpline at 988 and press 1 if you are a veteran. Nothing is stronger than asking for help. Now for this week's episode. All right, this week on the 38 Challenge podcast, we have Tim Jensen from, from Gruntstyle. Tim, how are we doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, man. This is a fantastic little joint that you have here, my friend. Dude, I, I cannot take credit for it. Um, <laughs> shout out to Ibble. Ibble is doing some fantastic uh, stuff in the in the podcast class. social media realm, um, which will. Uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm hearing notes of my own my own voice that I've never heard before. <laughs> it's you are like uh, you are like Seth Rogen, but way scarier. <laughs> oh, you're flattering. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 more better looking for sure. Um, but only second time in Austin. Yeah, second time in Austin. It's uh, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a slower kind of guy. I, I left the city of Chicago uh, because. Uh, I don't like that fast life anymore, you know. And uh, San Antonio's kind of slow. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I we had a, yeah, absolutely. So we were we were introduced at a um, at a Warrior Rising event yeah. where you guys you all hosted the business shower, which was awesome. Um, shout out to 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 Warrior Rising and uh, Jason Van Camp, all those people yeah, as well. Yeah, but great, great organization. Absolutely, yeah. And and we got to talking um, about some some awesome work that we can do with with the Grunt Style Foundation and um, just just your story and your willingness to be um to be a man and to be to be vulnerable and to be a warrior and to be vulnerable so i appreciate you jumping on the pod today yeah yeah i mean it's it's an important subject right uh you know we've just come out of the the longest war in american history you know and we've had a lot of our uh the treasure of this country go out to fight combat and see some extraordinary things uh, that they had never anticipated uh, seeing maybe some did anticipate it but uh whatever uh, but uh, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of things that that a lot of luggage that comes with that war, right? That uh, you know, that needs to be kind of you know sorted out, and you know, and that's where I think uh, we can all be a little bit vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. So why don't you talk about your um, y- your experience in the military? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I started out in my career as uh, it wasn't really a career. You know, I was a uh, I did one enlistment uh, as an active duty. Then I got back into the reserves. But it started in 1997. Um, you know, I joined the Marine Corps uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, against my mother's wishes. Uh, she, she grew up in the Vietnam period. And uh, you know, story I tell is, you know, when I told her I wanted to join the Marine Corps, 
Uh, she's like, is that really what you want to do? And I'm like, yes, mom, that's what I want to do. She's <laughs> like, oh, blah, blah. Yeah, we're going back and forth. But she ends up taking me up to uh, Washington, D.C. on Memorial Day. And we go to the Vietnam Wall. And, you know, and it was the first time I saw my mother cry in a way that I did not force upon her, right? Like, it, it wasn't because <laughs> of me. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so that was, that was a very um, uh, touching moment for me and one that I will always remember. And, you know, and, and it was at that point for me that I was like, yeah, okay, I think I made the right decision, you know, uh, in military service being. And, you know, uh, I was really enamored by uh, the Marine Corps. You know, you know, I grew up in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. I was born in 1978. I grew up in the, the, the period of the, the Stallones, the Schwarzeneggers, the, you know, the, the action hero, right, that, you know, that really romanticized the Vietnam era, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, you know, that was really impressed, uh, impressioned on me. And, you know, you know, really bled into my teenage years, and you know, uh, and if it wasn't for joining the Marine Corps, I'll tell you, I would have been like uh, probably locked up in prison. You know, I was a, I was a, I was a bad kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not very proud of those, of those years, and you know, but you know, so I joined the Marine Corps. And, uh, it was an 1833 Amtracker. You know, did that, and I was, uh, you know, if you can imagine, I was a terrible, uh, terrible uh, garrison marine. <laughs> but I liked I liked going out and doing the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't like sitting in the rear, you know, busting rust and changing, you know, road wheels and doing all this stupid stuff. Uh, but it was all necessary. You know, I was young and stupid at the time, so I didn't really understand all that. Um, you know, so uh, you know that goes through. I, I did uh, uh, four years there in Camp Lejeune. Um, it was shared between Lejeune and Pendleton. Um, and then uh, after that, went back to Chicago. Got uh, a union job, you know, doing some carpentry there. And I was on the, the job uh, when September 11th happened. And, you know, it was, man, like, it was only a couple of months. I got out and back to Chicago in April mm-hmm. 2001. So <clears throat> I'm thinking to myself, as all that's happening, I'm like, my goodness, like, I'm no longer in the Marine Corps, right? Then we're going to war. Uh, you know, so I, I had all this, this pen, this pent-up rage was starting to boil inside me right, right. Uh, and then it you know became to a fervor and you know where I started pursuing uh, getting back in the Marine Corps and um, you know I, I, I found myself back in the reserve battalion in, in Chicago it was sick battalion 24th Marines weapons company there and um, I got into the INI station first found out that they were deploying uh, and asked to get in uh, transferred to that unit and they're like, well, we can't do that because you're not, uh, you're not an O3. Uh, you know, it's not in the MTO, and you know they're, they they need these specific rucks uh, for this ruck. Um, that's an identifier for the Marine Corps and their mm-hmm. unit. So I was like, well, I'll, like I'll OJ, man, I'll OJT, I'll do on the job stuff. And uh, so I worked all that out, and they put me into the the unit and uh, did a deployment with them to Iraq in 2004, 2005 to the Triangle of Death, and. That was a lot of fun. It was uh, certainly a a period in my life that uh, you want to talk about vulnerability, right? You know that uh, you know one that I don't. There's not enough training in the world for combat, Mm -hmm. right? Because once you you know you can do you can run the same plays over and over and over and over and over again, or you know it's the same battle drills. Uh, But but once that first shot happens, right, it's all out the window, and you're just reacting and you're regressing to the mean. And uh, man, that was some terrifying stuff, right? Uh, watching your friends die, and you know, uh, hoping that you're—it's not you—the next day or the next moment. You know, that was a that was an incredible, incredible time period. And you know, uh, hats off to all those uh, guys and gals that you know did seven, ten, fifteen deployments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my goodness, yeah. you guys are the rock stars. I only did one, and uh, you know, uh, I think I, 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 that was enough for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so I got out after uh, uh, my time doing that in 2005. Uh, came back from that deployment, got out, and 
you know, kind of fluttered around, not doing really much of anything. You know, I went back to the union job, um, you know, and that was really just, you know, adding more to a bad situation that I was finding myself in, right? Uh, you know, adjusting, uh, you know, because it was like a ripcord. Like, yeah. you come back from Iraq and, you know, in the reserves, we disband and, like, oh, man, I'm a dad. <laughs> right, yeah. Because my, yeah, my son yeah. was born uh, when, when I deployed. And, you know, I come back home, like, holy shit, man, I'm a father? I don't know anything about Nuts, children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife's like, yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome to the party. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, so that was that was a terrifying, that was probably more terrifying than actually being shot at. Man, I'm to sure. To tell the truth, right? Because uh, now you're, you know, you're responsible for your men and, and, and your Marines, right, uh, when you're in combat. But now I'm, like that, I got this human life that is mine. I made it, right? And like I'm holding that in my hands, and I just did seven, you know, well, twelve months of learning how to destroy life. Right. Yeah. Now you got to take care <laughs> right? of it. Right. Could you imagine the irony? Right. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was tough, man. And you know, my life kind of really spun out, spun out of control after that. And you know, it was a, a, lot, a long, dark period uh, of time there. And you know, there's some suicidal ideations that you know, came along with that. And you know, I'm just uh, thankful that uh, I had a, a really strong network that you know, we didn't get to the uh, to the point where I uh, I became another number. Right, man. So we'll dive a little deeper into that, right, mm -hmm. and and what that all looked like. Before we do so, how would you define? You alluded to it earlier. How would you define vulnerability? What it means to be vulnerable? I think it's just being honest with yourself, right? Um, you know, we we do this incredible thing in life, and we we create this ego, right? Then this ego creates defenses uh, to you know, really uh, protect protect you from all the, the negative shit that happens in the world that mm -hmm. we live in, right? Mm -hmm. And those are natural defenses that your body will just naturally start building a resistance to. And, um, you know, and that's okay, right? But, you know, we need to be cognizant of that, right? We can't go in our entire lives building walls and closing ourselves off to where we're not feeling the world that we're living in, right? If we cannot feel the world that we're living in, we're not living, right? we're existing. And I think the, the point of vulnerability or the, the idea of being vulnerable is uh, to really drop those, those, those manifestations, uh, clear out your ego, and uh, you know, experience the world in which you're living, good, bad, or indifferent. Absolutely, yeah. And I, that ego has not been talked about yet with vulnerability. I think that, that that's such an important part. So for my brother, for example, um, had, a, had a huge ego. I think... It, that is that is the culture of the Marine Corps, right? Just mm -hmm. a bunch of badass dudes, right? Who, who who are too tough to have anything wrong with them, and that's how I saw my brother, right? And mm -hmm. a lot of it had to do with pride, with ego, right? And and ego only gets in the way of of the things that are that are good in this life. Yeah. So yeah. I love the I love that you mentioned that that part of ego. So how did you? What did your? What did ego look like in your life, and how did you get rid of it? Um. You know, or I, make I, less of it, I guess. I guess we all have a little bit of ego. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ego is good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it yeah. Is, right, right. It right. builds confidence. It builds character, yeah. conviction. Right. Yep, Those absolutely. are all the positive things. Right. Um, I think, you know, for me, you know, how I, it was a matter of like self-realization, self-actualization. Right. I'm, I'm, I've always been, in, uh, you know, really excited by the ideas of industrial psychology and mm. and how how people and behaviors and how people create behaviors in their own lives. You know, that's been something that's really uh, interested me. Uh, so, you know, for me, it's, you know, I've always been a little bit more uh, further down the road, I guess you can say, than most people on, on you know, how I perceive myself. Um, but, you know, it was it was only recently, within the last year, I'd say, that I really started putting a lot of attention into what, what ego dissolution really is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
Uh, and I think that's important for people to, to understand is that, you know, the perceptions that you have for yourself uh, versus what per- how other people perceive you are two different things, mm. right? And if you cannot understand that uh, and, 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 you know, put some energy into uh, reducing what you personally think about yourself, um, and I, and I, what I mean by that is, you know, not 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 not, not self-immolating, right? Uh, but more of like saying, hey, like, uh, you know, that I I probably could have I probably could have had a warmer relationship or a better conversation with this person, mm. right? I could have been more present in this conversation. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the, the ego of uh, and and these behaviors and uh, that has created all that. So. You know, um, I really started paying more attention to that, uh, and it's coincidentally when I, uh, the fall of Afghanistan started happening. Which, crazy enough, for me, I was never in Afghanistan. I don't, I don't know anything about it. My brothers were. I've heard it from my brothers. Right. Uh, you know, I've heard it from other Marines that uh, I've served with and what happened there. Uh, but when that when that whole circumstance happened, it started bringing repressed memories uh, from my time in Iraq to the surface, uh, and that was troubling for me because I was really experiencing these things. Like, man, I what the hell's going on? Like, I, I don't, I don't even remember that happening to me. Am I, am I starting to blend other people's stories into my own, mm. my own, uh, belief? Right. And that's common. Right. Uh, so I go and I, I start reading my, my, my journal cause I kept, uh, very good notes of my time in Iraq and sure shit. Like I was, those are some, I was having some very repressed memories coming to the surface, uh, of some very traumatic, traumatic periods that was clearly in my book. Right. Uh, or my journal. Is um, that common for people to journal? When uh, you know, I think of, of probably my period, right? Because, you know, when I grew up, journaling was a, it was still like a thing in school. Like they taught that, right? right. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily, I can't speak for the generations behind me. I don't know if they, if that's something that, that did, but I know that all the age group of the Marines I was with, we all, we all kept journals. That's awesome. I mean, that's, yeah. Well, I guess to go back and, and realize that you had those experiences. Yeah. What was that? What was, was that a. I'm assuming led to some of the, the thoughts. That, yeah. That, the spiral. Yeah. So, um, you know, going back and reading all that, I was like, wow, like, man, this is, this is, this is heavy stuff. Right. Um, and you know, I connected with a friend and you know, I'm talking about my friend within, you know, I fly out to Phoenix to visit him and you know, my wife's like, Hey, you should probably get away and you know, kind of clear your thoughts and this, that, and the other. And I have three kids and, you know, it was a big thing for my wife to say, you know, you know, you should probably you go out, right? mm-hmm. uh, hang out with your your, your your buddy. So I go do that, and uh, he introduces me to psilocybin, right? And um, you know, uh, of all of all things, you know, we go. Uh, he picks me up from the airport. Uh, you know, puts two pills in my hands. Like, mm-hmm. you take this. I'm like, I don't know, man. And he's like, you trust right me? Right off the plane? Yeah, right off the plane. He's like, do, <laughs> do you trust me? I'm like, yeah, I trust you. And uh, he's like, take the two. So I take one, and then I take another one a little bit after that, right? And uh, we go to see, uh, watch his daughter's uh, school has a play, the, the new uh, Adams Family play. Uh, this was last year, right? Right around Halloween. And uh, it was fantastic, right? Uh, I sat the entire time processing my own, my own emotions. I'm in my own head, <laughs> right? And I have yeah. no idea what I'm watching. Yeah. I, I'm not even there, right? I'm in myself. And I'm processing all this stuff. And I swear to you, uh, like the next morning, I felt like I lifted the world off my shoulders to to some degree. So did you know when you were going to Arizona that you were going to take psilocybin? No, oh, you no, didn't. No, I was, I was going there to something unrelated. Right? Wow. And uh, but that really opened up the the doors of of you know something completely different, um, where you know, I, I ended up going to do some mes- uh, some plant therapy, uh, you know uh, specifically ayahuasca, and 
And that's where that's where I, I, I truly met my ego face to face was mm. was on this journey. Um, and uh, I, 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 and how, I was, how long ago was this? Uh, it'll be a year in November. Okay, I was gonna say you said it was recently. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I was able to stand right in front of my my ego, and I didn't like what I saw. Like I wanted to destroy the image of Tim Jensen that was standing in front of me, right? Um, and that was a huge moment in in, in my life, right? Uh, and there's, you know, there's a couple of moments that we all as humans can think back in our lives are very pivotal turning points of our lives, right? Absolutely. And that was one of them for me was when I destroyed myself into a thousand pieces and it shattered in front of me, and then every ounce of me collapsed to the floor. Uh, I think that was a, a that was a death moment uh, for me, and I sh- and and I killed I killed something of me. I killed uh, a part of me that I think needed to go away. So what, when you looked in the mirror and you didn't, and you were confronted with your ego, what parts of it didn't you like? Uh, it, it it felt. What I saw standing in front of me was a broken individual that was hiding from. Uh, circumstances that he had no control over, and he had built a, he had built a, uh, a mask that he was putting on in front of the world, um, that was hiding the sorrow, the the the, um, the regret, right? The all these all these feelings of, you know, uh, of of a death that he had no control over, right? And and he just built this, manifested this world around him. Uh, that was just destroying, destroying his life, and I and I saw that in front of me, right, uh, and I destroyed it. And when I came out of it, uh, the you know, and what I've been living the last year is the best Tim Jensen that has existed on this planet. That's nuts. Um, let's put that on pause. I want to get back to that because I want to see, I want to hear what you think led up to what made up that ego and the old Tim Jensen. Because I know, as we discussed, you had these moments of your life that. Where you were suicidal, where, and you had this, this beautiful child, and you came back, and I'm sure you felt lost. Yeah. So walk me through kind of what that, that, um, that path looked like, that path of yeah, yeah. seemed yeah. like a dark time. Uh, it really was. Um, you know, I had a, a you know, I, I go back there. I did this uh, video called. Uh, or a documentary called The Bullet. It's on Amazon Prime, and it really speaks about the mm-hmm. that, that whole period in time. You know, and the Cliff Notes version of it is, you know, um, I was really struggling with uh, survivor's guilt. Uh, I felt that the death of, of my driver, my, of my very dear friend, uh, Corporal Nathan Hammond, um, was my my fault, my responsibility. I did not act. I did not do the job of a, a sergeant of Marines. Right. So I had all of that stuff that the Marine Corps had put on top of me and said, this is what you do as a sergeant of Marines, right? Mm. And, you know, I had, so that, that was a that was a burden, right? right. Or, or uh, maybe that burden's not even the right word. Maybe it, that that's the onus that they put on you, right? Um, so I was never able to reconcile that. And there was a lot of, like, and now I look back at it, and I use this word trauma now in my vernacular, my lexicon, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, as, as, I'm think, as I think back on that, and, you know, there was a lot, like putting your friend into a bag in many, in several pieces, right? Uh, and it's not even recognizable as a human anymore. That that has, I don't give a shit who you are, right? You could be the baddest seal on the planet, or you could be the you know the the best supply private in the army, right? It's going to have an effect on an individual, right? Especially when you're just having you know a conversation with that person, not even five minutes before about something completely unrelated, and the next thing you know, he's dead from combat, right? But that's the, that's that's the, the the work that we chose, um, 
you know, and you know the so all of that was was really working on me. And there were several other. I mean, we had a tough deployment. It was a really tough deployment. Yeah. And um, you know, when I got back from that, uh, and you know, you're ejected out from the Marine Corps into space, uh, and you know, you're, you're, I'm trying to figure out how you know, I'm to be a father, how to be a husband again. Um, how to insert myself into the family unit and be a value add to a household that's already been running without me for the last year, right? Uh, that was extraordinarily difficult. I, I felt inadequate. Uh, I felt like, you know, again, I was, you know, last 12 months of my life has been learning and, and involved in destroying life. Um, you know, I, I'm like trying to just turn that off and, you know, and be this nurturer was, you know, to a, to a one-year-old son. Wow, that was incredibly difficult. And I didn't feel like I was up to the job. Uh, so I had a lot of insecurities that were really compounding on me uh, during that time period. And, you know, it, it really it led down to some really poor decisions, alcohol, uh, drugs, uh, infidelity. Um, you know, my wife left me. Uh, I lost my house, lost my children. I lost all these things, right? Uh, and, you know, really was making some shit bad decisions. Like, I look back at it, I'm like, man, like, how did you get there, right? Um, but you, you, when you're there, you're in, in, and you don't, you don't have people that are like pulling you out of it. You know, you, that that hole can go rather deep. So, was it? Do you think those decisions were caused by the depression that you were in, and the things that you were, those insecurities that you were referring to? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think a lot of that had to do with mo the, the insecurities, my headspace at the time. Uh, I think it had to do with the cocktail of uh, medication that the the VA had me on. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I think it was all just, you know, just compounding and compounding to, it was a pressure. Like there was a moment in time, my friend, that, you know, I'm driving home from work and I ended up in, uh, Portage, Indiana, right? Uh, you know, my normal route is about an hour from the city to my home. Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up 99 miles away from my house. I don't know how I got there, right? Wow. Nothing, uh, nothing triggers, like it was like, Excuse me. I'm I'm at work. Then I'm in Portage, Indiana, on the side of a highway, not knowing how the fuck I got there. Oh, that was a problem, right? right? That was that's when I stopped taking all the medicine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and and you know, so then there's all this other stuff. You know, I, I took a job um, being a bouncer, right? Uh, because I couldn't sleep at night, and I had all this rage. And I'm thinking to myself, what is a job that I can do that work at night, and you know, I can rage out on people? Well, I'll be a bouncer. <laughs> so yeah. I went and. Uh, you know, found this you know Coke bar uh, that was in the town I was in. It was a you know notoriously known uh, motorcycle uh, headquarters uh, for a biker gang in, in the southern Chicago land region, and uh, uh, well, not really a headquarters, but a hangout. And uh, you know the the owner's like, "Hey man, I got a Coke problem." I was like, "Hey man, uh, you know here's here's my credentials. Like, <laughs> how can I help you?" <laughs> And, so, you know, I, so, you know, I, I was able, you know, to do a little bit of that and, you know, get some, get some of that rage out and you know, do it for good. But, uh, it was still a, a weird time. It was a weird time. Right. And then, uh, I met my wife, my current wife now, and, you know, I, I I'm very thankful that, she, uh, you know, she, she's really centered me on, uh, you know, all the things that I think are important. Right. And, and brought me back from, you know, a very dark period of my time in my life. Uh, to where I was, you know, just secluding and, and, and looking inward and pushing the world away from me and building those walls, letting, you know, my ego get the best of me, um, you know, and, you know, and there you go. Right? Yeah, it sounds like there was a period, a long, there's a period where you were 
a bouncer, right, doing blow in a period between then and when you met your wife and when you did um, ayahuasca. Yeah. So what did that, what did that period look like and how did vulnerability play a piece into, did you ask your wife for help or did you ask someone else for help or how did you, I guess, pull yourself out of that, out of that darkness? Um, you know, I think, I think it was, you know, I, I really started reading a lot of, uh, you know, going back to the, the basics, right? You know, I had a, uh, had an alcohol problem, uh, earlier in, in my life and, you know, I, uh, had gone through some AA, right? So, you know, I started revisiting some of the serenity prayer and, you know, understanding that there are things that happen in your life that are beyond your ability to control, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to be at will, you have to be at peace with that. Um, you know, so I, I tried to come, I started, you know, really coming, finding ways to become at peace with myself. And that was extraordinarily difficult, right? Because, you know, you know, I, I, I tried counseling. I tried talking to private uh, doctors. And, you know, I, what I found was everybody wanted to hear the story of combat. Right. They wanted to hear about combat. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, well, that's not really, I, I don't really want to talk about, talk about that. that yeah. Right. But, you know, and I know that there, there was an issue that, need, that it needed to be talked about. But the way that it, it and I went through like three or four different doctors, right? And the way that it always came up was like they, they would get on the edge of their seat as I'm talking about some of the t- the things that, are, that I experienced in combat. And I was like, man, this is not helping me at all. Yeah, right. You, they felt excited by exactly yeah your right? trauma. You know, so that was that was difficult to, to experience. But mm, you know, so you're trying to be different ways. I got into yoga, right? Uh, got into men's bowling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All these different stupid. I shit, love it though, man. I love right? it. But, yeah, I, yeah. But I was searching, right? Right. And I was and that's the important. Yeah. That's what vulnerability is. It's, yeah. it, it's like you said, being honest and searching. Yeah. And the fact that you were trying all these different things, like sometimes therapy is going to help for some people, and some conversations will. Other times it won't. But right. it's like it's it's the thought. And it's the will to keep going, right? And trying until you find something. Because um, I'll let you answer that, but it sounds like something worked for you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, all those years in between, right? And it, my drinking, you know, became, uh, it wasn't as bad as like 2005 to 2010, right? Mm-hmm. That was the really bad years. Um, but, you know, I would say, you know, then I went to college, got my college degree, uh, graduated cum laude. So I'm, 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 I'm I'm there, right? I, I, I'm functional. Absolutely. Right? I'm, I graduated top of my class with game theory uh, and design, right? So that's not a, a dumb man's, uh, you know, uh, degree. Um, it's not like I was going to get, like, my, <laughs> my art degree. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm not, not disparaging anybody. I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, 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 was, I was fully f- capable, right, is, is what I'm saying. Um, but... It, it was always my shortcomings. It was the shortcomings that I was laying on myself that was, you know, putting me in these terrible dis- uh, positions where I was making these bad decisions, mm-hmm. right? So I was not doing myself any favors, um, you know. And you know, so I, I started really looking at that, and I started cutting out all the garbage in my life, all the toxicity in my life. And you know, what I started noticing then was my drinking was less, right? What I started seeing was that, uh, uh, you know, my anxiety was. You know, going down because I wasn't putting myself into into situations that I was having to make stupid decisions. What did um, what does what did your anxiety look like slash slash look like? I mean, I still deal with anxiety. Um, what, what does it look like for you? 
you know, just uh, being hi- like hypertension, right? There's like hyper to every situation that you're in. You're always, you're head on a swivel. You're looking mm-hmm. around. You don't trust things. You're backing against the corner, right? Uh, it's only within the last year, uh, and this is 18 years post-combat, my friend, mm-hmm. that I've figured out I can sit without my back to the door. <laughs> wow. Or with my back to the door, rather. Uh-huh. I can sit with my back to the door, right? That's a real thing. People do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to worry about, you know, uh, is Haji going to come in and suicide bomb the building? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Now, there's other situations that are happening in America, but that's a, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, those are, those are the important things. And, you know, so I get to, I get to this point where, you know, I'm searching, I'm searching. I do the psilocybin, and then I have this experience with ayahuasca um, over two nights, and it was a, the most liberating thing for me. Uh, one, you know, because I got to learn what I truly knew was, you know, you, you know, let it go, man. Just let the shit go. There's nothing that you can do about what's, mm-hmm. what's already happened to you. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Like, learn from it and let it go. Uh, and the second part of it is... Um, your ego, my ego, right? I don't lead with my ego. I lead with my heart, right? And that's and that's where we all should be uh, in life right now is leading a little bit more with the heart rather than our own self-perceived interests uh, that make our egos and uh, this that little that little thing in the back of your head that says, I want more, I want more, give me more, give me. Like, we're not feeding that person anymore, mm. right? I'm feeding the person that says, hey, have you told uh, somebody that you worked with or somebody that's close to you that how much you care about them and oh, yeah, what they dude. mean to you? Yeah. That's where I'm at. I love that. And I will say, man, that is a hard thing to do. It is. So for the past 38 days, I've been doing the 38 challenge. Mm-hmm. So 400-meter run, 38 push-ups, 38 sit-ups, 38 squats. You do as many sets of that as you can at 38 minutes. And I've been doing that to... To, to prove a purpose, right? The purpose is because it sucks. It's really hard. Like my body's beat. And every day that I go to the track, I don't want to do it. I get an uncomfortable feeling in my stomach, right? I, I don't want to do this. And it's the same thing with showing vulnerability, asking for help. So I also wanted to test my, my mind. And I wanted to test this muscle of being vulnerable. So I wrote down 38 names. And the month's closing up, man. I have not missed a day of the workout. I got 10 days left. I have missed multiple people on that list. Yeah. And so and I'm not proud to say that, but I mean, my job now is just to share my experiences. Yeah. But, right. it, but Newsflash, you're going to fail. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, but it's, it's, it's a visual representation and a real, you know, real life application that this is not easy. Yeah. It's, it's That's very it. difficult to do and to call someone and to ask to have that conversation right to put your heart first like you're saying that's a that's dude, that's vulnerability at its core man yeah it really is it really is because you know we live in a, we live in a shitty world man like people bully each other left right and center like people treat other people like garbage mm-hmm. like how many like like you know how many people we get to step over when you're walking to work yeah no, happens, every, happens yeah. every day yeah seriously right uh, and, and you know, it happened to me. And I'm here, here. I am checking myself. Right. I said. I said to uh, a guy when we're walking over here. He's like, "Hey, man, can you help a can you help a man out?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't have anything. In my, I don't have any. I don't have any cash." Man, like, I should. I am regretting that I did not stop and talk to that guy. Yeah, dude, it happens to me right? all the time. Yeah, and, I, and I'm a and I talk about that shit. Right. Right. You, here I am. Yeah. Not doing it. Exactly. And that's, and that's wrong. 
Right. right. Yeah. And I think, but having that, having that realization, like you said, you're going to fail yeah. and we're going to fail. We can't, there's going to be times where we don't put our hearts first. Mm-hmm. Right. But the fact that you can look back at it and reflect that's changed in your yeah. life. Cause in the, in the past, you know, a lot of people look at uh, um, that person's disgusting. Right? Yeah. You know, w- whatever it is, you don't know the circumstance. You don't know why they're there. You don't right. know what they went through to somebody's dad, somebody's yeah. wife, somebody's sister. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I love the point of of leading with your heart. So looking at the timeline of when you did ayahuasca, when you started the Grunt Style Foundation, those mm-hmm. things have anything to do together or I guess the reason for becoming more passionate and involved with it? You know, I think what I've what I've come to understand is that the universe speaks to us in, in several ways. Um, and I've come to not question it, right? I think I think the path that I found myself on um, was meant to be, right? I, Absolutely. Uh, I think I was meant to, to meet the executive director of, of the foundation. Uh, I believe that uh, we were supposed to be on this path together um, that led us to passing the PACT Act. Uh, that was a huge, huge win for the veteran community. What, you know, you know, we haven't seen anything like that since World War II, yeah. right? Um, I think, you know, my, my experiences with uh, plant medicine uh, and this rebirth that I have is for a reason, right? That, uh, and it all leads into the foundation and, and, and this ability to impact and change people's lives, right? Um, and I think that uh, I'm, I'm a better person because of the foundation. Right. Yeah. And like you said, there's, you've experienced a lot of trauma yeah. in, in your life. And gone through some things that no one wishes that they gone through but it turned you because you turned it and you dealt it and faced it and showed vulnerability sought help did things and were on that journey to find to conquer your ego yeah now you're at the point where you are now right what are some other ways that that you lead with your heart um man like uh <laughs> i've got a five-year-old son that's probably the here's 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 a poll to be vulnerable again uh, we're all busy, right? I'm a 44-year-old man. I'm an executive of a, of an extremely large business. Uh, my time is fleeting, it seems like, in, 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 in every circumstance that I have. Uh, and, uh, you know, I look at my son when I, when I come home from work and, you know, he's like, Dad, 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 can, can we play? Can we play? Can we play? You know, and every part of me wants to be like, no, I got, you know, I got work. I got to do this. I got to do that. Uh, but but I sit down and I and I I, I, I put myself in another per, another person's shoe, right? Which I've def, I've hardly ever done before in my life, right? I, I put myself into that to that young little kid's head, right? And I look and I'm, I'm thinking of what, what I would look up to my father and you know and and I'm at, now I'm showing fucking empathy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. God damn it, are these feelings, right? And <laughs> like what are we doing here? Um, but you know I think and, you know showing empathy now and 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 and. Uh, understanding where where other people are and what where other people put their value of their emotions into things, right? Mm. And we got to respect that, right? Because perception is a hell of a thing, right? Like it's like cocaine; it's different for everybody. <laughs> 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 and you know, you got to you got to you got to respect um, what where people are at and the experiences that they had in their life. Um, you know, 
You know, when somebody's having a bad day at work, you know, do you shit on them because they're having a bad day at work? Like, oh, well, Frank's fucking up again. <laughs> right? Yes, that's what everybody does, right? But who's the person that goes over and be like, hey, Frank, you know, is everything all right? You, you, everything good at home? Like, you know, you're having an off day? You know, who's having that conversation? Well, I, I want to be that guy that's having that conversation as a person, yeah. right? That says, you know, I want to, I want to understand what's happening and, and make, make sure that you're being set up for success. Absolutely, and that and that's a sign of vulnerability too. I think vulnerability is a two-way street, right? You have to ask for help yeah. when you need it because, like, I didn't know what my brother was going through, right? Yeah. And in the moment, um, I, I didn't recognize those signs. Looking back at it now, I can can start to you know point at things, and now I use the lessons that I learned in that situation yeah. to share what I learned so that other people can address it. But now. Once you are armed with how to recognize something, like you said, someone's not performing at work, right? Or um, someone feels off, they're sleeping in, they're having mood swings. Instead of being, saying, hey, you know, why are you being lazy? Why are you doing this? Why you have this attitude? Ask them, you know, what is, are you okay? Yeah. Like what's, what's going on at the core? And then that's how, that's how we get to the bottom of a lot of the, the issues which what people are facing. Yeah. Conversation, right? Yeah. Um, you know, interaction, that, you know, just just breaking down those barriers and you know, connecting with people, right? Um, that's 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 what we that's we as a species like. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and right? unfortunately, we've, we've lived in a, a world these past couple of years where connection was stripped from a lot of people. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, that, yeah. That doesn't help the issue at all. It's insane, right? Um, we were living in some you know strange, strange days. Right, uh, where you know it seems like you, we have to question everything that we see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we can't forget about you know the things that are important to us, right? The, you know we can't forget about those relationships, um, and we can't, and, and most importantly, we can't forget to show up, right? You know that's that's the part of everything, like you know uh, taking that first step, right? Is always the first thing. This is the hardest thing, taking the first step, but showing up probably harder than taking the first step. Yeah, that's a great point. That is a great point. And because what I always say, the 38 challenge, our purpose is not to create programs. Our purpose is to teach people how to take the first step, mm-hmm. to teach them that To teach them that being vulnerable and asking for help is not weak, which has been taught for so long and been instilled into society, and especially in the military, but it, it instead is very strong. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, what's the difference between showing up and taking the first step? I think uh, you know showing up is is, is bringing a hundred percent of yourself, right? Bringing um, you know, being attentive, being mm. being the listener, right? Um, you know, there's there's you know we do most people like listen, right? But they are they hearing what is really being talked about? Are mm-hmm. they are they really sucking in the communication? Or are they just like oh, yeah yeah? They're are they are they listening to respond, right? Um, rather than you know kind of just taking or you're taking it all in uh so i think showing up is you know bringing your best self to the situation um being supportive um being inclusive being um you know being a team member right being 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 part of the conversation i think and i think back to your your definition of vulnerability i think showing up is being aware yeah and showing up is 
is reflection and showing up is is the step before taking the first step. It really Be- is. Because yeah. because if you don't if you don't know what you're dealing with and you don't like you address the problems that you're dealing with straight up, then you can't take that first step of picking up the phone and calling someone. Or take that first step of asking hey someone, hey, are you okay? Right. So I think I think in this scenario showing up is the is 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 the part of being honest with yourself. Yeah. It's like it's like being on an airplane, right? You can't the the steward or the the flight attendants say that uh, you know put your mask on before you put the mask on of another person. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't help somebody else until you have helped yourself, right? right. And make sure that you are uh, in 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 the right space uh, to be of value to somebody else, right? And that's where I think showing up is is really about is like you know making sure that you're putting in yourself, investing in yourself, so that you can be the best for others. So as someone who has gone through trauma and want to make this point and I try to make it as much as possible is your experiences of you know seeing your 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 best friend getting blown up or you know going through a, a hard childhood and all these different things like no doubt you've had a difficult life and what I always say is that you know you don't need to go through what Tim's gone through or you don't have to lose a brother to suicide or you don't have to have all these super um, traumatic experiences for you to be dealing with the negative consequences of mental health, and I think that that is a very important point to make. Mm-hmm. It's because someone who loses their loses their dog, right, might be in the same exact point that that you were at. Um, so I just I always want to make that point. But as someone who has gone through as much as you have, and have the lessons that you've learned and um, the trauma that you experienced, and and facing that ego. What is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who right now just needs to show up? How does someone show up? What advice would you give to someone to seek vulnerability? Hmm. Man, that is a great question. Um, you know, it could be something as very simple as the way that you shake a person's hand, right? Showing up it can just be as simple as embracing somebody, mm. right? Uh, I've gotten to this kick right now that, well, it's not really a kick, but it's this weird thing that I, <laughs> I'd laugh even thinking about it, but you know, I'm, I'm now asking people like, man, can I, can I just embrace you? Like, I wanna, I wanna give people hugs for some reason. right? Like, that's weird to me. I'll give you a hug, man. <laughs> but but there's like this, this part of me now feels that I need to be expressing that uh, that energy out towards people, right? That's me showing up. Mm. That's me being a part of a room, right? Is me putting my energy into um, the space that I'm that I'm filling, right? Because my idea is to be the best I can be and be of value to whatever and wherever I am, right? And I think that, that to me that's being it, is, you know, just being, being a... a, 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 a an energy of positivity, uh, or being positive, and just pushing that energy out. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's that's. I don't know if that's really the the. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it, and I think there's. I mean that again. Vulnerability takes on so many different shapes and sizes. Like it is emotion, right? It's it's love. Being vulnerable is is pretty. So you could, you going up and hugging someone, not knowing how they're going to receive. That's vulnerable. Yeah, and that's showing up. So how about on the, as when you were in the spot that you were mentally to the point of almost 
of having suicidal ideations and being in that dark spot, what would you give? What advice would you give to someone who's in that spot right now? You know, I'd say, you know, uh, it's not worth it. I mean, you get, you get one chance on this mud ball that travels around a burning piece of gas 365 times a year, right? Uh, we're here for a reason, and uh, we may not know what that reason is, but we're put on this we're put on this place for a reason, and uh, everybody, you know, to to extinguish your flame early, you're doing no service. Uh, to the world in which we're able to experience. Absolutely. I love that. Well, I want to talk about the Grunt Style Foundation and how Grunt Style is leading with its heart through mm -hmm. its foundation. So what are some things that, what's the, what do you want the purpose to be of, of the foundation and what are some things you're excited about? Yeah, um, uh, you know, I think the the foundation is the one of the newest iterations of of Grunt Style and what we're doing. You know, the company's been around since two thousand nine. Uh, the foundation uh, was born of April last year. Mm -hmm. You know, our mission is to you know uh, provide services and resources to active duty service members and uh, reservists and veterans uh, and their families, and providing them opportunities to be uh, to thrive. Really, right. So the way that we do that is uh, through four different pillars. Uh, mental health and wellness, uh, food insecurities, transition and sustainment, and veteran homelessness. Um, you know, veteran homelessness, uh, you cannot really address that until you're swimming upstream and you're really tackling some of the issues that puts the veteran into the homeless situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, you know, how we do that is, you know, through uh, you know, different things, you know, uh, toxic exposure, right? Uh, it was a big thing we were working on for many, many years. Um, and we've got this legislation passed into law, the the, the PACT Act, um, but you know it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that there are millions of individuals that have been exposed to some really horrific chemicals and, and cancerous influence. Uh, so we've created programs like our HBOT program, which uh, puts hyperbaric chambers into uh, veterans' hands that are uh, you know suffering from toxic exposure-related illnesses. Mm -hmm. uh, the beauty of this thing, as you as you I'm sure fully aware of is uh you know the ctes uh, has brought this uh form of of therapy back to the forefront of science mm -hmm. right uh, with specifics uh speaking to uh regeneration of gray brain matter um, soft tissues uh, oxygen uh, enriched red blood cells uh you know, have extraordinary um, reception uh, to soft tissue damage throughout the body uh, so these uh, highly oxygenated and pressurized uh, chambers um, do extraordinarily well for individuals with PTSD, uh, with deep uh, toxin uh, damage that uh, you know, is housed in uh, soft tissue. Um, you know, all of these things get pushed out uh, through different protocols. Um, uh, we're seeing uh, regeneration of brain, uh, of brain function and synapses uh, through TBI. Um, you know, uh, you know, seeing PTSD uh, symptoms, um, you know, being uh, reduced. You know, so it has a great, great program. Um, you know, we, our food insecurities program. You know, this is something that you know, I, I can't believe that we even have to have a program for this, uh, but it exists, right? And many other uh, organizations across the United States are involved in doing stuff like this very similarly. Uh, but a third of our active duty military, married with children are on food stamps, mm. right? So, you know, you have 
you know, 19, you know, 18, 19, 20, 22 year olds, you know, maybe up to 25. You know, these are generally up to E6, right? Uh, that, uh, you know, are, are out there wearing the uniform of our country, mm-hmm. you know, ready to defend it at any moment, uh, but are struggling and fighting tooth and nail to put food on the table for their family. That's ridiculous to it me. That is ridiculous. Right? Uh, so this year in 2022, the foundation has uh, delivered more than 50 tons of food and household commodities. Well, food, rather. That's not to include all the household commodities. That's uh, nuts. Yeah, to uh, uh, active duty uh, for, and reservists and uh, uh, veterans across the United States. Um, and uh, the idea is to put $500 back into the family. Uh, uh, finances, right? So, you know, imagine if you're uh, an E4 with a, uh, you know, a married, you're married and you have two children, right? $500 to you in the in period of a month, that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? That could go in paying a, a car note that you're behind on, uh, maybe, you know, paying, you know, rent or, you know, whatever the, whatever the case may be, you're able to reinvest that money into your family and do something different with it. Uh, so we find that to be extraordinary. And then more uh, doing events like Warrior Rising, uh, partnering with great individuals that are focused in, you know, taking the individu- individuals from active duty uh, and creating bridges for them um, as they come out into the civilian workplace, um, either, you know, getting in, involved with uh, great businesses or, uh, standing up their own ideas, right? Um, that's uh, very exciting to us as an organization and a foundation, and you know we want to see more uh, veterans, you know, taking taking that challenge of saying, you know what, I'm going to build something of our own, mm. of my own, yeah, that absolutely. I can that I can put my name that, on. That was awesome to right? see. So that's what we're excited about. Awesome. Um, yeah, we'll, we're going to do some cool stuff. I know with I think so with uh, with Grunt Style and the 38 Challenge, uh, teasing it a little bit, uh, <laughs> but I mean it goes right off the right off the, the ethos of what we've been talking about this whole day, right, yeah. and, and teaching. Because what I love about Grunt Style, what I love about the thought of us partnering with the, the Grunt Style Foundation is that it's so, I mean, it's Grunt Style, right? Like, like when you think of Grunt Style, you think of these 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 gritty shirts, right, that are so patriotic, <laughs> right? And, I mean, you, everyone who knows Grunt Style knows exactly what the brand's about. And then you having like a conversation that we made today be a part of that yeah. right and, and showing people um who are active duty who are military who are veterans who are these badass people right that like to be proud about being vulnerable yeah um so i know i know we'll we'll do some cool stuff in that aspect but i, I wanted to touch on tbi yes so let's talk tbi what's your experience with with traumatic brain injuries uh, you know, I, I suffer from it myself. Uh, you know, I, it, you, you'll hear you'll hear me talk uh, you know, frequently where it's I'll be on a rant and then I'll I'll just totally lose uh, an uh, an idea of where I was marching my my conversation towards. Uh, that happens to me quite frequently. Uh, you know, I was blown up four times and uh, you know from from IEDs in Iraq and you know that that, that fucked me up, man. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine and. And the fact that that's not, we had this conversation too, the fact that's not talked about, yeah. the fact that a lot of mil- the military doesn't even know that a concussion is a form of TBI. Yeah. Like they think of TBI as not, to, obviously your your circumstances were extreme, but getting blown up in an ID or a Humvee, that in the military is a lot of the times diagnosed as a, as a, as a concussion, an MTBI. Right. That's a lot That's a lot different than, that. that high level exposure is a lot different than what other concussions could look like. Sure. There's just no awareness there. Veterans don't, and active military doesn't understand is that, and I always find this correlation 
fascinating and also incredibly um, alarming. But as we know, unfortunately, the veteran suicide rate is 50% higher than a, than a regular person and then a civilian. But after one concussion, your chance of suicide doubles. Mm -hmm. It's also 50% higher. A lot of people don't know that. So if you look at the correlation between the, the sometimes the thoughts, the behaviors, the actions, the things that we've been that we've been talking about, people who have served and has, have experienced brain trauma doesn't need to be in doesn't need to be an IED, doesn't need to be overhead blast. It could be from training, whatever it is. There's an injury to your brain a lot of times that is causing you to think these think a certain way or act a certain way, behave a certain right. way. And we need to spread the awareness on that. Yeah. On that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to like, you know, I'm not a doctor, right? I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a guy. Me that, neither on the record. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm just a guy that survived a couple of IEDs, right? I'm just a guy that gets, that gets brains for my live for my, for my job. <laughs> and, uh, you yeah, know, so, you know, what, you know, for me, it's like, you know, these, these, these suicidal ideations, um, you know, for when, when we're speaking specifically about TBI, you know, my belief comes from like the loss of dissidence, right? To loss of your ability to cognitively think uh, and use your neocortex in ways that it, 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 it's supposed to be used to, you know, rationalize, yeah. right? When you start, you know, losing that ability to rationalize, then your, your brain will you start doing what it will do, mm -hmm. right? Because there's no checks and balances. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then you found yourself, you know, so far down a path that you're looking at a gun, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, and and you talked about CTE. One of the number one side effects of chronic traumatic encephalopathy and traumatic brain injuries is impulsivity, mm -hmm. and it takes four pounds of pressure to pull a trigger, and and that is a decision you can't take back. So Correct. it so if if a side effect of it is making impulse decisions, and like you said, now you a lot it a lot of these a lot in my opinion, and again I'm not a doctor, but I think a lot of the suicides are not premeditated. I don't think there's a, a lot of times I think there's ideation possibly, but mm -hmm. it's not like I have a plan. Right. And it, due to the disease or the injury that you have, it is it is causing people to act in a certain way. And I think that we need to spread the message that there is an injury to your brain and you are not, you're not nuts, right? You're not, you're not crazy. You're not dealing with these things alone. Like there is an injury and like any injury of your body, it needs to be addressed. You need to talk about it. You need to go seek help so that we can repair it and so it can function like it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. I've, here's one of the things. You know, science is data driven, right? You know, I'm interested in knowing how many American forces were treated for um, IED related illnesses or not necessarily IED related impacts that were ambulatory uh, walking. Meaning that, uh, you know, there was there was nothing that was, there was no damage that taken them off the battlefield, right? And they're able, they they got blown up, they survived, they're able to go back mm, in. Yeah, I want to know those numbers, right? Yep. Because I want to take those numbers and see how many of those people have actually committed suicide in the last twenty years. Because I bet you the number is going to be resoundingly high and scary. Because those are the individuals that have, you know, probably suffered the most in terms of. Uh, the loss of dissonance and their ability to check their uh, intrusive thoughts, mm -hmm. right? Because of because of the CT and the damage done to their brains. Absolutely, and two things: number of TBIs since the war on terror. Over it, the recent data is four hundred fourteen thousand. Number of suicides is one hundred fourteen thousand. Yeah. So again, look at the numbers. 
there's an increase of 84% of individuals taking their li- in the past couple of years, individuals in the military taking their lives between the ages of 18 and 34. Again, at on record, this is not it's proven science. This is just me looking at data and numbers. A lot of the time, stage two CTE is within that age gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also stage two CT is a lot of when the behavioral changes happen, right? When someone, when someone does take their life a lot of the times and it's not all stage two CT is not always between the ages of 18 and 34, but a lot of the times it is. And you're looking at the numbers of, of suicide increase in that age gap. It's also about the same age when people are developing these, these behavioral symptoms, which lead to suicide and lead, lead to mental illness. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 we need people to, pledge their brains so that we can further the research yeah. so that we can see how brain injuries are are impacting our veterans so i guess i'll leave with that question i mean are you are you interested in pledging your brain to project Unless? you know uh i'm not opposed to it uh you know i think uh i think i think it is important for us to understand what uh combat does to the human body mm-hmm. right um And we have a lot of questions. We have a we, and we don't have we don't even have a, a, a scintilla of the answers. No, we don't. Right? We really don't. Um, but you know, am I? I don't want to make a. I'll, I'll I'll say this. Yes, I'm willing to give my brain to science. Okay, we'll talk about more about it afterwards. Yeah. But I, it's the, it's the thought behind we need to increase the research and the awareness, and that this is an opportunity for people. That's important. Yeah. And as we mentioned, and there's going to be a lot of what I'm excited for us to work together in the in the future is is things like you discussed, like psychedelics, which helped your life. You yeah. know, like I mean, whatever it is out there that can help people now, because what vet, what people need to understand, as I mentioned, there's an injury to your brain, but there's a difference between telling someone that there's an injury to their brain, and I will say that there is hope. Yeah, and uh, and I want to make something very clear, like. You know, one my 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 path uh, of enlightenment that I have found is not for everybody. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, you yep. know, for anybody that is listening out there, and you know, you have your own interests of psychedelics and, and treatment. There, do your research. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not. Uh, this is not your mom. Someone hands you two pills. Syrup. Someone <laughs> hands you two pills off an airplane. Don't right. don't take them. Yeah. <laughs> don't do what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Be more responsible. Um, but you know, but but seriously, like there's a, there's a lot of implications. Um, you know that uh, you need to be you need to be aware of. Like you know, if you're on SSRIs right now, you can't do this stuff. Like mm-hmm. you have to you have to be off it. So you know, be do your research. Don't just go take yeah yeah, yeah not not telling anyone to go take psychedelics. But I am, but I am a proponent of whatever. Yes, absolutely. Do your research and do not go out and take psilocybin in the airport. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not saying you should do that. But what I am saying and what we talked about earlier is that find, take, show up yeah. for yourself. Show up and look internally and look in the mirror and face that ego, the ego that's holding you back and that's saying, that's that's holding you from seeking help and yeah. from and from living a life of a heart-focused life, a heart a life where your heart is leading first. And just keep taking, take the first step, which is the hardest one to take, yeah. and then keep taking steps after that because there is something out there that will help you. Yeah. There is something I, I that I can promise. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a it's the it's the whole idea of self rescue. 
right? Nobody's coming to help because, you know, as much as we want to think that people care about us, there's not a lot of people that care about other people, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, uh, we... We have to change that as a as as a society. Yeah, uh, that's extraordinarily important. Well, and I also think it's it's there's people who care about you that have no idea what you're going through right now. Yes, and I think that if you do tell them, then you're gonna see that they're not gonna turn your shoulder on you. There's there's some people who would, but the people who love you, and even people who don't, the people who I don't like, if they came up to me and they said the same with you, and they said, "Hey, man, I'm I'm messed up." I'm dropping everything I do to help yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. So, but like you said, there's there's no one coming to help you if they don't know that you need help. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, self-rescue, man. Like, find it, find it, search for it, you know, uh, understand what, what it is that you need and build build resources around that. Absolutely. Last question I'll ask you. Send it. What does the 38 Challenge mean to Tim Jensen? I think the you know the thirty eight challenge to me means you know there, I, I think there's a lot of things right I think that uh, it means that there there are individuals out there that that care about and are willing to put everything on the line to understand something that uh, is affecting a lot of people right and the effort that goes into uh, putting those resources together to do that is. Uh, I, I see it as you know, standing up my own foundation and understanding those those difficulties. Um, you know, the passion behind that is is really what enamors me. Uh, you know, for for somebody to stand up a foundation and and a five hundred one c three, there there is a lot of passion. There's something that's driving that. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's generally a story, and it's generally you know something rooted in trauma uh, that has greatly affected an individual, right? Uh, and that it, and, and generally those individuals will be on a path for the rest of their life to you know right a wrong or bring an injustice uh, to you know, to justice whatever the case may be um, so I think I think that's one aspect I think the other aspect is you know uh, it's important uh, that this this idea exists and the this uh, uh, focus is being put on CTE right uh, because it is it is it, this this affects everybody, right? Uh, it affects um, you know your children playing you know, little league little league football, right? Uh, or any uh, academic sport mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or or intramural sport. Which is a whole other conversation right? in itself, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, to combat and the people serving our country, right? So imagine the spectrum that's in between that that, that that's happening there, um, in 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 bringing that awareness to the to the forefront. Um, is is really big, right? You know, we've seen some of you know our, our the biggest personalities uh, you know, suffer from this. Uh, Jim McMahon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I grew up watching that guy. Yeah. He was a he was a huge icon of mine. Uh, and you know, you see where he is mentally uh, these days, uh, and that's a struggle, right? Um, you know, we need to know what is like. We need to know more about that. And you know, the mind, the human body is an incredible thing. If we can find ways of repairing that, like my gosh. That's what the science is all about. Dude, yeah. And that's that's why I'm there is hope and we will find a way to to diagnose it in living people and to treat it. We we will. It just like anything. And that's why I love this this time to talk TBI. It's because a lot of the times the only way to see it right now 
is if you talk about your experiences yeah. and talk about the things that you've been through. And if eating this cactus helps save my brother's life or save the people who you've, you've lost, it's like eat the cactus then. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. Like one, it, one spoon at a time. Yeah, little like yeah, or the whole damn thing. Like it doesn't matter. Like yeah. yeah. So, man, what an incredible episode. Thank you for the person who you are. Thank you for being a a heart first leader. Um, and thank you for being vulnerable, man. Oh, I thank you for uh, all that you do, my friend. Like um, these are big topics. These are these are big conversations that you're having. Um, you know, and you know, it's affecting a lot of people's lives, and uh, that that means a lot to me. Like to to know that other people like give a shit, right? Uh, that's that's the path I'm on is finding more people that give a shit and bringing them bringing them to closer and, and bigger networks. So I'm I'm glad that we met, man. Um, excited to next time we'll be speaking together. We'll be I'm sure announcing some awesome things we're doing yeah. together as look forward to it. So all right, appreciate you, brother. Simplify. Cool.